Swung on, fly ball hit the deep center field. Williams going back. at least once a week but I think it's been almost two weeks since I podcast last and uh, so I'm hoping to get back into the routine of things too the bad news is is that probably means it's been about two weeks since I've worked out and I just got done doing uh, running for 20 minutes and lifting my lower half and I could sure tell that it had been a while since I worked out but all that being said it's a beautiful night here in Shanghai it's got up to about 65 degrees today the weather's just been gorgeous this past week and it's a nice like tonight that makes it nice to walk home after working out for 15 or 20 minutes. There's not a lot of people on the street. I'm kind of taking a different way home today. And it's just good to relax and unwind after what was a hectic couple of weeks for me. Uh, if you followed on the blog, uh, The Thinking Stick, you read about my troubles with migrating our WordPress and uh, Moodle site. Moodle actually migrated very easily. I've, I've migrated Moodle sites now about four or five times, and so uh, I have that pretty. I've pretty much worked through all the bugs to uh, move a Moodle site, so that that went pretty easily. And had that done by about five o'clock on Saturday night, and um, started working on the WordPress site, which took me until uh, Monday at one o'clock before I finished migrating that site, and uh, that ended with an hour and a half phone call to our hosting company and they had to tweak a little tweak a patch a little bit so it made me feel good that it wasn't anything that I was doing wrong that it was actually a, a tweak on the web server itself that needed to happen but things are running great uh, today was probably the first full day that we had everybody up and running and we really put the new server through the test uh, the reason why we moved is because we were on a shared hosting server that after about 20 to 30 students connected we were hitting a CPU error we were using too much of our CPU to allow on the server. And so we've decided to go to a dedicated server where we have a full CPU and we don't have to worry about that error. And what really uh, made it, made it, what really brought it to the attention of administrators is when I had a couple of administrators who were trying to update their blogs, uh, you know, at eight or nine o'clock at night and they were hitting the CPU error. So this is outside of school. Uh, one, one principal was trying to update his blog on Sunday and hit it at 5 o'clock on a Sunday night. The site went down because we had so many kids trying to blog and finish assignments up in their Moodle courses that we were knocking down the system all the time. And it just goes to show that if you put, the, you know, if you put these tools out there and you allow students to have access to the tools, that they, they want to do it. They want to create information. They want to be in this landscape. I just got done listening to uh, Geeked episode as I was running on the treadmill and they brought up a lot of the same things that you know, kids want to be where the cool stuff's happening I think is how they put it and that's very true I mean you give kids the tools they want to do it you know, one of my examples that I found earlier today as well was I was looking at the team tech site which just continues to blow me away here's a site ran completely by sixth seventh and eighth graders and we're getting ready to install a couple Drupal installations for some other websites and I don't know a whole lot about Drupal I'm just starting to play with Drupal but I have three kids now who have been administrating the team tech site all school year who know Drupal probably better than anybody in the district 
And so we plan on tapping that resource next year when we're starting these other new Drupal sites. Because these kids, they've been, you know, hacking up the themes and they understand the, the modules and the blocks and how all of it works. And they've got AdSense to work on their blog or on the site, on their Drupal site in there. It's just amazing. But And the amazing thing is, is it's, it's taken nothing but just allowed them to have the space. Just to give them, you know, a, a place to go and learn these skills. I was, when I was playing around on their site today, I was showing some other people the site because so we were talking about using Drupal and so I was going there and we were looking at some of the options you can do with Drupal. And I looked at their uh, cluster map and I hadn't looked at the cluster map in quite a while actually. And it totally blew me away to look at their cluster maps and they have at, at least, I haven't even looked at the Thinking Six cluster map in a long time, but they have at least twice as many hits on their website as I've had on the Thinking Six. And that, I mean, I, I clicked on the cluster map, and if you click on cluster map, it gives you the large cluster map, and underneath that, it'll tell you how many views. And sep since September 9th of last year, when we started the website, or when we put cluster maps on the website, they've had 23,000 views. Now. I know a lot of those views are kids that are in the class because we access it every other day. But there is absolutely no way we've accessed that site 23,000 times. And just by looking at the dots and where the dots are coming from, they have dots on their cluster maps that I don't even have on the Thinking Stick. They've got five dots in Russia. And I don't know if you've ever looked at cluster maps, but it's really hard to get dots in, in Russia. And they've got five different places in Russia that have looked at their site. And, and that just, it, it blew me away. I mean, here these kids are taking this for a class. And what makes them do it? Well, they don't really get a grade out of electives. Our electives are an exploratory format. Yes, they do get a grade. They do have something they have to work for. Uh, their grade is basically given to them between me as the overseeing teacher and the three administrators that are running the site. We sit down together and decide on grades. And most everybody gets a good grade. But I just find it so fascinating that here is a site completely ran by kids that has been given, that completely has been turned over to the students. And when I mean completely turned over, I paid for the site, full disclosure, out of my own pocket. It's, a, it's you know, I paid the $65 for the hosting and I, I paid $5 for the domain name that the kids came up with so that anything they put up there does not necessarily represent our school. And you know, it is all under my name. And they've just gone wild with it. You know, I had a great discussion, or overheard a great discussion, uh, yesterday in class as the, the new podcast team for this quarter was trying to lay out how they want to do their podcast. And they're listening, and I sent them over to Buzz Out Loud as a great example. And they've listened to a couple of Buzz Out Loud episodes. They're trying to decide what kind of format they want. They're searching around for some Creative Commons and open source podcasting music that they can use for their intros and exits. And it was just an amazing conversation based on that they want to create content and no other reason. There's nothing that's really pushing these kids to do, to do anything in this class. And yet they just want to produce. They want to be out there. They want to be in this world. And it just, it, it blows me away you know, all the time. Uh, what these kids will do if we just get out of their way and allow them to learn. 
And that's what it comes down to. You know, there, do we cover much content in the class? No, this, this class that isn't about content, it's about learning and the skills that they're picking up by playing games, by creating games. I mean, the kids have created a couple flash games on their own, by creating podcasts, by learning how do you run Camtasia on their own. I mean, they've just done so much stuff. They've done so much learning within the context of this class and they've done it themselves. And I get new kids every quarter so it's not like kids have a long time in the class. You know, this is the fourth group of kids that have come through. We've got some DJs that do our uh, podcast site at saspodcast.org. You know, a couple of kids sign on to be the DJs. They're running a school calendar. They have their own Gmail account. They're, you know, publishing comments. And they take care of that piece. And we have a couple other kids who just write articles. And each kid has a day of the week of their articles. And the administration sat down with them the very first class period for this quarter and walked them through how do you write a good article? How do you put a picture in your article? That your article has to be a minimum 250 words. That is something completely the kids came up with on their own. I never told them that a good article was 250 words. They decided that that's what a good length was. They've talked a lot about linking. And they found out that if you link to other people, people link to you. And uh, they learned that early, starting second quarter, and they've continued on with that. We're up to about $25 in Google Ads. And the, the conversations I have with the administrators all the time is, how, can, how, do we effectively, how do we put Google Ads effectively on our page to get hits? And those are the conversations I'm having with 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. And it just it, it blows me away to think about the learning that's happening with these kids. And it won't be, it won't be tested on any test. You know, they're not going to get to go to, uh, they're not going to pass any grade level test or anything like that with these skills. But they're still skills that the kids are learning. Um, you know, the other thing I've been thinking about is there's been a lot of talk in the, in the blogosphere and around, and they hit it today again on Geek, that there's a lot of people out there talking about what, what needs to be done, what needs to be done, but there's very little being shown, you know, how to do it. And, you know, I keep looking at, at, at the things that our, our teachers are starting to do, and, and how do you get teachers to that point? And I think it's just exposure. You have to expose them to everything out there. And then as a technology, educational technology person, and I make sure I always put the word educational in there, because if you're just a technology person in an educational setting, you're not going to get it. You need to understand education. You need to understand how, how students learn. You need to have that background as a classroom teacher. I think that is so important with technologists today that we get too caught up that, yeah, you know how to run a server, and yeah, you know how to you know, do this program or that program, but do you know how to engage students in a learning activity? And that's why, you know, it's so important to get classroom teachers that have been classroom teachers for a long time, good classroom teachers, to be able to bring them on as your technology specialist in your school because they have that foundation for learning. And I think that's the only way we are going to be able to change fundamentally how we teach. And that's what we've been talking about. You know, that there's this core belief on what teaching and learning is and how do we change that? How do we move to school 2.0? And it's not about the technology, it's about the instruction. But you need people that understand instruction that can then apply these new tools to it to create that change. And if you don't have that, you're going to sit and spin your wheels. So I think that's something that you know we overlook with our technology people. And the problem is, I don't think there's a lot out there. I, we're getting more. 
but it's hard to find people that have been good classroom teachers and you move them into that technology specialist uh, role. You know, one person that comes to mind that I think was a great move was uh, Bob Sprinkle. I started listening to his podcast last year. He understands it. He understands teaching. He understands how to use the technology in the classroom. And this year, his school district has moved him into that technology role. I think that's a great example of somebody that gets it, that understands the changing fundamentals that need to happen in education. And the school district moves them into that role so that they can take that knowledge and spread it among others. So there's that little rant. Um, what else? Oh, Twitter. I was listening to uh, Twit, uh, listening to uh, This Week in Tech uh, on the bus ride down here today, about an hour bus ride home today. And I tweeted this morning that I have an hour bus ride to school, and Tim Lauer tweeted back that he only has a seven minute commute, which would be nice. Uh, the only good thing about my hour commute is I don't have to drive it. We do uh, take a bus, the school offers us a bus. And I'm hoping next year to actually get a wireless card for my laptop so I can be connected because I can get so much done in that basically two hours every day, hour to and from school during the day that I could get get things done. But Twitter is an amazing tool, you know, and they were talking on uh, This Week in Tech podcast about, you know, where does Twitter go from here or what's the relevance of Twitter? And I think we're all trying to figure that out. And I think that's what it comes down to with these new tools is as an educational technologist, as technology people, our job's to be in there. You know, Twitter is taken off like, like, like gunfire. You know, it's just gone and gone and gone. It's doubling, I forget how often it's doubling, but it's just growing faster than they can create server space for it. And I think part of it is, is everybody has heard about it. Everybody wants a piece of it and nobody quite understands the power of it yet. But that's our job. Our job is to get in there, figure it out, See if there is any educational power in it. And if there isn't, so what if you have to leave it in a couple weeks? You know, we tried it. We have to stay on top of the curve. With information moving so fast, I think people are, are afraid to be left behind. You know, I, ha I, was a, I had two today that teachers brought to my attention. Uh, one was wet paint. I went into a teacher, uh, and I'll make sure I put this in the podcast notes because it's just amazing. I went into a teacher today because he's trying to set up a blog on our, on our site, and... Uh, so I was going in, and he was showing me his wet space, his wet paint uh, wiki space. And I'd heard about wet paint. I've never actually played with it. I've been more of a wiki spaces guy. But holy cow, wet paint takes wikis to a whole new level. And he was showing me some. He'd gone to YouTube, and it was an economics class, and they were talking about uh, the deficit. They're talking about the deficit right now. And so he went to YouTube, and he just searched for some videos about the deficit and he found one created by another AP class that wasn't very good in his opinion and uh, he embedded it on the site and then to get his kids to go to his wiki so that they're adding information they're doing this homework in class he says oh guess what I found this great uh, YouTube video today and it's there you need to go watch it and they are all begging him to play it in class and he's like no you got to go to the site tonight when you do your homework and you can all watch it there what a great way to motivate kids to start embedding videos in your wiki page and it was easy he showed me how easy it was wet paint is amazing if you haven't checked it out I'm going home right now and I will be playing with it a little bit tonight it looks incredible you just have these little widgets we all love this widgets and you just drop them anywhere he's also put on his page a chat room so as kids are logged in and they are working on their homework assignment or they're creating their chapter review which is what they do they can chat to each other 
So here he's built in these social networking tools for the kids to use. Kids love going to the site and editing this page. And he was showing me some of the pages, some of the content. And he was talking to me about, you know, some of the kids going there and they're like, you know, they go there and they come back and they say, but I couldn't add anything because people had already said everything. And he's talking to his class and saying, what do you mean people have already added everything? Then you edit it, you make it better. Can you say it a different way? Can you shorten it? Can you lengthen it? Can you add more details? Can you add another link to other resources? There's no, no such thing as information that's finished. Here's a teacher that gets it. And it was so great for him to look at my page. And I want to go home and play with this page some more because he was only showing me a couple of the rules, a couple of the little things you can do. It was just fascinating. And, uh, you know, and that's what it is. You know, you find teachers like that that get it. And you make sure that everybody else sees it and understands it. And you pick their brain of how is it affecting your kids at your grade level. Now here's a high school AP economics class that now we can take and you know we can show to other AP teachers on ways to engage kids in the learning process. But my top favorite moment of today had to be, I get an email at about one o'clock today from one of my fifth grade teachers. And the email just writes, the email just said, Jeff, I wanna do a reading lesson and I wanna include the blogs. And I've attached a Word document that has an outline of plans. Would you mind looking over it and we can talk tomorrow? And so I open up this Word document and he has laid out uh, some questions for me on how do you use these tools and how do you, you know, how do you, how do we move this forward? But he also had some thinking, you know, and it was, it was interesting to see inside, inside the lesson of a fifth grade teacher who is trying to understand, who sees the power in the tools and trying to understand how this engages kids. And it was amazing to go through a lesson plan that was supposed to be a reading lesson, but it was as much of a writing lesson as it was a reading lesson. Because it included kids going out and reading blogs and thinking about blogs and looking at, you know, what makes a good article. And we're not even talking about writing persuasively or writing narratively. We're talking writing on blogs. I don't even know what you call that. You know, is that a, a bloganive? I don't know. Anyway, it, it was just, you know, it was fascinating to me to get an email for a teacher who is looking for that guidance, who is, understands that there's power here, that something needs to change, and he's willing to take that leap and say, come and help me, and let's figure out how to engage kids in the you know, in, in these blogs. How do we make these blogs better? His kids have been blogging for a long time and I think they're doing a great job. But now he really wants to bring the blogs into the classroom. Up until this point, they've really been just an extension of things that he's done in the classroom. And now he's talking about making them part of everything they do in the classroom. And that's something that he's come to on his own. You know, it's something that as he's learned and as he's been reading and as he, you know, as he's been reading through the different blogs that I've set him up with, he's come to that point where he's ready and he understands that this is the next step, that it's embedding it into the reading process. You know, it's like Mark Allness doing the uh, silent sustained reading 2.0, where kids have the option of reading books or magazines or going and reading blogs and reading web pages. And this is the next part, you know, here's our next reading assignment, where our next blog assignment is going out reading, learning to comment. So I, I look forward over the next week working with this teacher and helping him to, to fine tune the lesson plan and come up with a, a good way to present this to the kids and then send them out there to, to get some work done. So that's about it. That's all that's on my mind. I know nothing too heavy for me this week, but uh, that's about it. I'm home now. So uh, that's it for this week for episode four. 
of On Deck, and I'll see you back next week.